All right, creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 81 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging of the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. Wait, and, can we still say that? I uh, yeah. Starcast provided. Something. I mean, <laughs> technically, we are still the only. Undertaker-centered podcast in the entire universe <laughs> as of now, but we'll see what the future holds, as I am joined here, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, Mr. 420 himself, Travis White. It's 423. Oh, that's right. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Three days early. TLW4, 423 over here. And it's probably my AIM name. At one point, it had to have been. We are talking tonight about Vengeance 2001 on the next chapter of our encyclopedic exploration as The Undertaker takes on Rob Van Dam for the Hardcore Championship. So much to cover here, and the big story is that our hero, the conscience of the WWF, has become evil. Or the unconscious. Excuse me. <laughs> that, that's such that's a better name. <laughs> yeah, the unconscious of the Well, he should knock people out every match. He's the unconscious. That'd be great. That's a good gimmick. Yeah, only great. Anyway, yes, big evil. Well, kind of. He's big and evil, but he's not really big evil yet. So. Right. He's still Booger Red. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I found that in my listening and watching. <laughs> Oh, really can't wait till the day that game dies. <laughs> we bury that one six feet under. That one is unfortunately still alive, but praise God Almighty, the in, the invasion is over, the alliance is dead, we get to dance on its grave tonight and finally move out of that hellhole, that hellscape that the <laughs> summer of 2001 has wow. been. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it was something else, but yeah, we made it through two of our longest episodes ever covering the oh my uh, the bookends of the invasion storyline. There, so thank you guys for putting up with uh, as Vincent Man so eloquently put it, this alliance crap. And uh, thanks for being there for us and not uh, leaving us in droves. So we did have a good time, and we appreciate all you guys listening to that, uh, especially Survivor Series 2001 last week, our watch along episode. If you haven't. Go check that out as The Undertaker was on the winning team of Team WWF and, you know, prevented Chris Jericho from sabotaging Team WWF and making sure all the WWF folks kept their job. And that's what we're going to dive into here. Uh, uh, Travis and Logan and I are going to dive into (laughs) Vengeance 2001 and the build-up. It's all good. We love having her around. And um, like we said, as of now, we're going to continue on this journey through The Undertaker's career since we are the only podcast doing that <laughs> as of now, you know, whatever the rumors may say. And, you know, if The Undertaker ever wants to clarify or ever wants to join a podcast that already has 81 episodes in the can, we're certainly <laughs> open to negotiations and conversations. Yeah, why well, start episode one? you got to work through all the kinks and get all the, you know, bugs worked out. So just come on in episode 82 next week with us. I mean, join we, have, in. we have an established audience of over 100 <laughs> listeners every week. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he, I mean, he's only going to get, like, 
a thousand times that when he does his own. <laughs> so right. We'll but wouldn't you want to start off with this nice foundation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely you would. <laughs> Without question. And as I think someone on Twitter said, there's no way that The Undertaker actually remembers half of the stuff that we've gone oh. through. So we can actually remind him of a lot of the stuff that exactly. we've dug up over 81 episodes. I think that Dead Man Talking thing is going to be just like a one-man show. Dang it. Starcast. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think it's going to be a podcast, but who knows? Not I. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't have any inside information, but we'll be there listening day one if it does come out, and we'll uh, we'll support. Of course, we're not. We wouldn't be mad about that at all, man. Come well, on, that would be sh- amazing. Yeah. If if it's at the Schmidt Family Barbecue, I'm definitely going. To oh yeah. the live show. We'll get in line right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dig into what we're talking about right now. Let's uh, hop in the time traveler motorcycle, head on back in the sidecar to the fall of 2001 to November 19th, 2001, the night after Survivor Series Raw episode 443 and Travis, we've talked about how bizarre, how weird how crazy so much of the invasion was and as I was sitting here doing my research for this episode, I think I finally cracked the case of what the invasion storyline really is Oh yeah? What's that? It was all just a dream that's all this was, because that would explain everything. We're living in this bizarro world where Stone Cold, the beer-swilling Texas rattlesnake, has become the hug-seeking heel. We've got DDP, the people's champion, who's become a stalker. We, True. We've got The Undertaker, the American BA, as a doting, loving husband, fighting for his bride. <laughs> We have Chronic in the WWE and their just incredibly unusual one one or two week run there at Unforgiven. We've got Canyon, we've got Moppy, we've got so much more there. And then the night after Survivor Series, we wake up the next morning on Raw and Vince McMahon has gone back to being the evil heel. Stone Cold's <laughs> going to go back to being a baby face. Kurt Angle's going to go back to being a heel. Paul Heyman is gone. Jerry Lawler is back. Everything is back to normal, and we never speak of the invasion again. It was all just a dream. <laughs> so it's, it's like basically uh, July through, or June through um, November just didn't happen. It never really just happened. just like men in black neuralized ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly gone. right. Gone. It really is like a comic book, though. Like, if you ever know with DC Comics, like, Bizarro is, like, the evil Superman. Like, that's the whole thing. And, like, Bizarro World is, yeah, everything's opposite. And it's funny because as we talk about how wrestling is kind of like a comic book with these superheroes, it really is. Like, this particular section of the comic book story was, like, the summer uh, series was Bizarro World. And they decided to just in that storyline and move on to the next one and everything's back to normal. So. I, I was thinking of that sort of example too. Uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what this yeah, is. Even the capital, like you said, Jerry Lawler is back. Exactly. He was gone right before gone. the invasion. Now he's back. Now he's back. It's like nothing's changed. You could have turned off the, you could have turned off wrestling and boycotted since Jerry Lawler left in February. Turned it back on now and you wouldn't know anything happened. Wouldn't have missed a thing. And we're all the better for it. <laughs> that's hilarious but uh, I do want to talk I think, about oh go ahead I, like, I think it's hilarious I don't know it's kind of sad <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit sad but I'm okay with it 
Yeah. And I do want to talk about a few fun things on this episode of Raw. Even though Undertaker is not actually on this episode, he uh, he's not being respected here because he's not on the Raw after exactly. Survivor Series, dude. But you know, this is such a memorable episode of Raw. Uh, it's it's start and it's very newsworthy, and a lot of stuff's going to come into play here over the next few weeks, uh, including the Commissioner Mick Foley. The the Raw starts off with this really weird cold open where he is summoned to Vincent Man's private jet, and they have. You know, we kind of talked about Mick Foley cutting some shoot-ski promos last week. Yeah. And this was more like that. And Mick is telling Vince that he's sucked a passion from the business and quits the WWF. And Vince is like, couldn't be happier to see you go. And it's like 10 minutes of wasted time at the beginning of this episode of Raw. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Uh, and then Vince, like I said, he comes out to the arena with a purpose. He, he's putting over Kurt Angle as the true hero of the WWE. Uh, he takes the WCW title and says it's going to stick around as the world championship and uh, promises a lot more dr- dramatic and drastic changes tonight, including crowning the very first member of an infamous club, the oh. Vince McMahon Kiss My You Know What Club here. Yes, that is tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I and- feel like to be a member of that club, you have to have a punk card. Oh, easily. you got to turn in your punk card. When yeah. you join the club, that should have been part of the deal. Oh, and of this course, does not age well. <laughs> of course, what does age well though? This this next part, as Vince addresses the empty seat next to Jr. Commentary, and then brings out Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman, just another masterful performance here. He's gotten rid of his ECW and Stone Cold hat. He's got a WWF hat on instead. He uh, is like yeah. smiling and comes out and joins JR at commentary. He starts screaming, I got away with it. I got away with it. Uh, <laughs> but not so fast, my friend. Vince summons him into the ring and tells him, you know, I appreciate your First Amendment skills, Paul, but tonight I'm going to exercise some of my own. You're fired. And uh, Heyman is... Throwing a fit, he tosses his jacket off. He's get, he's getting ready to fight Vince, but when Vince takes his jacket off, Heyman runs away from Vince. Certainly. <laughs> and then he goes after Jr. Starts lunging after him, but Jr. In a moment that gets a huge pop from the crowd, starts beating on Heyman, and I don't think they were working punches either. No, he just unloads they, on him. <laughs> yeah, they look legit. He's just taking out like two decades of frustration with Paul Heyman on him. <laughs> And then Paul Heyman is carried out by security, literally carried out and replaced by a returning Jerry the King Lawler, as JR says what we're all thinking. It is. It's so it's so funny how that worked and how that happened, like how that just lined up for him to come back. The night after, and Perfect time. for Heyman to leave, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of lucky things fell in their lap. I think a lot of unlucky things like the alliance, but a lot of lucky things too with timing. So it's funny. And I guess um, the cat fell out of Jerry the King Lawler's lap. Oh yes, she definitely. Did. Which is why he comes back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So he he uh, kicked her to the curb apparently. So she was getting too old for him. Well, you know, as much as we, uh, <laughs> sorry, you're right. I mean, you're exactly He's right. A teenager at this point, so you have to find somebody else. 
As much as we love Heyman, dude, I I am glad to have the king back. We've had so many great king moments yeah. earlier on oh, this yeah. uh, show, and it is it does feel right to have him back, even though Heyman was great for a time. Oh, Heyman was a blast. I, I'm gonna miss the bantering, but yeah, it's nothing says my childhood wrestling memories like the king and Jr. Oh so. yeah. Well, our opponent for vengeance, Rob Van Dam, he is gonna defend the Hardcore Champion tonight against the Dudley Boys in a handicap tables match. Cause, there it is. Another uh, tables match on another the tables like match. mentioned. Yep. We can't get enough of them. Um, <laughs> and both of these guys are able to stay in the WWF because they all hold championships. The Dudleys right. have the tag team championships here. And Vince is kind of punishing all the Alliance guys, uh, making them fight each other here, and really punishing RVD. Um, and, boy, my eyes were punished by RVD because he had on the ugliest singlet I've ever seen him wear. I did not remember this at all because it's not tie-dyed. You know, that's what RVD is known for, those signature airbrushed tie-dyed singlets. Instead, it's just like a plain black singlet with just the letters RVD down the front, like in stitching. And it looks like just red electrical tape on there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's I recall that now. It is terrible. I don't know who sold him that, but I hope he got his money back. It was terrible. Well, he may have been a little high ski when he got that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> may have been in some high times when he bought that. Uh, yeah, it was not good. No, 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 no. On the other hand, I cannot express how big of a fan I am of Stacy Keebler's Dudleyville outfit. Mm, you and King both. <laughs> Huge fan. <laughs> the uh, oh. Dudley boys are going to get the win here over Rob Van Dam, but uh, not before we get in uh, Botchamania, I am the table moment, as they go for a 3D <laughs> and the table does not break, and it looked incredibly oh. painful for RVD. Then they just repeat it and put him through the table the second time. <laughs> First you don't succeed. Yep. Just try again. Ugh, so- felt sorry for RVD on both accounts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, William Regal becomes the first member of the Vince McMahon KMA Club. In a, yeah. uh, you know, it is ridiculous, but it is a, certainly a memorable moment and segment in William Regal's career, for better or worse. And uh, he will not be the last person to join that club during this buildup. And then finally, the show ends with the incredible surprise debut of Ric Flair. Just about yeah. six months too late, but whatever. Exactly. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, as he announces that he is the man who bought Stephanie and Shane's shares in the WWF all those months ago and is now the co-owner of the company. And it's another just fantastic segment. Ric Flair, like seeing him last night on Raw during his 70th birthday party and seeing him 18 years ago, he looked positively young on oh, this episode yeah. of Raw. It's weird because he's 52 there. I know. We so, thought he was ancient crazy. back then. I know. <laughs> and, crazy. Uh, Ric Flair uh, is going to keep Stone Cold on the roster. He uh, allows him to return and keep the WWF Championship. And Stone Cold does return to his babyface ways with a beatdown of Kurt Angle and a toast to Ric Flair to end the show here. So, like I said, nothing involving Undertaker, but a lot of very important stuff here uh, as we continue on to Vengeance. Well, yeah, I mean, because we're, you know, we're using Taker to tell the story of, of him and also just of, you know, the WWE and professional wrestling in and of itself. So, you know, these are important plot points that will come in to, to play, and especially with Ric Flair coming back. That's going to, you know, a few months down the road, we're going to be that's heading right. up as him as our opponent here, you know, at WrestleMania. So 
definitely, you know, definitely need to introduce that. And you Isn't got it weird that Flair was two. He's two years older in on this episode of Raw than Batista was last night when he just beat him up. Wow, you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy to think about. The eighties were crap. a wild time. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, but that man has survived a plane crash and was dead for a brief period of time. He's like so a cat. God yeah. bless him. God bless Ric Flair. Absolutely. So, place is a huge Todd Gurley fan, so I'm, I can always get down with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Todd Gurley in Raw was great. <laughs> anyway, well, you uh, you got a historic first to talk about on this episode of SmackDown, my I, man. I do. The first ever, in case you guys at home were wondering when the first ever Gravy Bowl match took place. Mm. <laughs> I know you guys were. It was on SmackDown 118 on November 22nd, 2001. So okay. you're welcome. I'm writing this down to check out <laughs> as soon as we're done here tonight. Oh, it's so gross because the whole night, like, they show the Gravy Bowl and the guy's, like, throwing in, like, giblets and, like, <laughs> stuffing and cranberry sauce. It's like. Every time they go to commercial break, they just pan over to this little J-Brown throwing in, like, other pieces of food. I'm like, these poor girls, like, it obviously wasn't gravy, but these poor girls had to get in there with, like, legit food. You know, like, how stupid. But at least it wasn't, like, a turkey on a pole match or a turkey on a head match. So, <laughs> we met? Never mind. I'll say that comment yeah. later. <laughs> we could go anyway. in so many directions right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, well, what, speaking of what, flair, Who won? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's later on in the show. <laughs> I think uh, it's Trish and I can't remember who it is. Trish and Stacy, maybe. And I think Trish wins. I don't know. I think it's for the title. So you know, got to the title in a stipulation. Yeah. Like that. So they should have a pay per view like that. They have Elimination Chamber and Hell in a Cell and Money in the Bank. Just have a gravy bowl. WWE Gravy Bowl. <laughs> Just have it in November. Or the greatest gravy bowl over in Saudi Arabia. But it's got to be all men because it's in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. So you got dudes and gravy. I'm here for it. Four and a half hours on the network of dudes and gravy. That sounds like a nightmare. Tell me you wouldn't want to see Biggie versus Rusev in a gravy bowl match. Oh, I'm there. They could pull it I'm off. I'm there. Absolutely. <laughs> do, you, do you imagine the things that Luke Gallows would do in a gravy bowl match? So I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, anyway, getting on to the important things. Ric Flair, he does open the show, and eventually he and Vince come to terms to make a four-man tournament to make the first ever undisputed champion at Vengeance, um, which, again, that's going to come into play because Taker will eventually hold that title, so I wanted to mention it there. But, unfortunately, Flair is never seen again on the entire show. He's yeah. not even on it. So... Every backstage segment and interaction on the rest of the show is Vince. And I just I just wrote my notes like I'm not sure they knew exactly what to do yet. I mean the storyline it made perfect sense to have Vince I mean to have Flair be, you know, the guy that bought it and it just kinda of fell into their lap that his contract, you know, he was able to work it out and stuff and um but it seems like they really didn't know what to do because like I said, he just kinda of does this and then he's gone the rest of the night. Whereas if this were 1998-99 with Russo riding, he'd be in every other segment and going to commercial and coming back, you know. So just goes to show the difference. But anyway, well, Kurt Angle's talking to Vince backstage, and he's you know thankful for be being awarded the match against Austin at Vengeance. And he, say, he thanks uh, Vince for trying to award a title to him on Monday. And then 
Christian, who his whole gimmick here during this this time is like he's just kissing Vincent Man's butt, like yeah. not literally like Bill Regal is, but like you know figuratively, he's buttering him up and you know not apologizing for going to the alliance, but kind of just like you know making making amends for his his uh, his uh, accident there. He's Anyways, he's so funny, yeah. Well, he comes in for the room service, and he's got a huge turkey and all the fixings with it and stuff. And um, he's talking to Vince, and Taker knocks on the door, and he comes in. He's like, you were just leaving, right? And, Taker, and uh, Christian's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get the cider. So he dips out real quick, <laughs> and then he pops back in and grabs his title and like looks up at Taker and just darts off like like a cartoon, man. He's, he's just so funny. Well, um, Kurt Angle's like, well, where were you Monday? Like asking Taker, like, where, where the heck were you, you know? He's um he says you owe me a thank you for single handedly saving the WWF from extinction. Dang. So Taker just yeah yeah so Taker just kind of stares at him and says he's like Vince you better tell your boy to leave so we can talk. And Angles he eventually leaves and Vince is like he's not my boy <laughs> he's not my boy. And uh, this is just another great interaction like the 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 scene you mentioned last week we put yeah. on our social media this is this one's fantastic too. So Taker's like you know saying that Survivor Series was, you know, in addition to what it was, you know, with the the WWF winning, it was also his 11-year celebration of him being there. You know, um, he's always had Vince's back, even when we didn't see eye to eye. He says that he's ticked that Vince didn't let him in on the plan with Angle, and he asked why. He goes, that, he said, that guy's no good, brother. And he sounded just like Joe Dirt when he said it. <laughs> he's like, he's no good, brother. He's He's a snake in the grass. I mean, Undertaker is basically a beefed up Joe Dirt. I mean, that's what this character is. I will not say that to his face. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. But um, Vince is like, look, you've been main eventing for eleven years, and I do trust you. You do trust you. He says, in fact, I trust you so much. I'm going to give you the main event tonight against Kurt Angle. You've been in main events your whole career. How about your main event against Kurt Angle tonight? And Taker's like, are you sure about that? Absolutely. Are you sure you want to do that to your boy? He's not my boy. Oh, yeah, he's your boy. Believe me, if I've learned anything in 11 years here with you, I know when you've picked somebody out to be your boy. And Kurt Angle, capital B. Oh, why? Vince's boy. That is so funny, man. <laughs> I it's love like, these guys, man. I don't, I don't know, know who was writing this stuff. I need to know. I don't, it's so I don't good. know, but, dude, it's just, it's so, like, subtly comedic it's hilarious so um and i just wrote too like i could watch a sitcom with these guys it's it's so fantastic so it's underrated um, everyone talks about you know angle yeah. and austin or austin and rock yeah. backstage segments nobody talks about vince and undertaker backstage <laughs> segments but <laughs> they're great <laughs> no probably because you don't expect them you know yeah. like uh so they're just really good that's your boy b-o-y boy it's just so good and uh Anyway, so they do have a match, uh, Angle and, and Taker. However, smack dab in the middle of the show, not the main event. What? <laughs> so, Come yeah, on. I was, well, we might play into what's going to happen here. So it's a great match, though. Um, Taker gets hit with the rolling Germans even, which, you know, just you don't see him doing that much uh, back then. So anyway, the finish kind of comes when, when Taker, he's got Angle and an ankle lock of his own actually and vince runs down with a chair and he comes in the ring to hit taker but taker kind of feels him behind him he turns around and just kind of stares at vince vince does that you know that gulp that only vincent man can do and um taker just slowly takes the chair out of vince's hand throws it down and then he tells vince he says all i want is respect 
and I just want to cue the Aretha Franklin man. Like that would have been great. So, so, all I want is just maybe back. later. Yeah, and then he hops on his motorcycle and drives away, does his regular old pose, and commentary's like, you know, what does he mean? Like, why didn't he knock Vince's head off right there? I, like, he should have done that for the lack of respect. He's about to hit him with a chair, but you know, there's kind of questioning what Taker's motives are here. Why suddenly he wants respect? So. Well, let's try to find out why The Undertaker wants respect on the next episode of Raw, 444, November 26, 2001, live from Oklahoma tonight, as the King reminds JR that it didn't work out too well for him last time there in Oklahoma. I believe that was when Stone Cold beat the mess out of him uh, on yeah, that episode. Yeah, it was. And a little foreshadowing here. As uh, Vincent Mann promises, there's going to be another member of the KMA club tonight, and he wants it to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. We'll see how that works out. Uh, again, uh, this RVD Undertaker thing, not getting started yet, but uh, RVD instead is going to defend his hardcore title against Brother Devon here and, and pick up a win against him. So he's been a little momentum after not going through the table last week, or going through the table eventually, or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we get... Yeah, you talk about the gravy bowl on SmackDown. We get another all-time classic segment here on this episode of Raw. And this is when a frightened William Regal pees on the big show's sweatpants in the bathroom. Of course, you're, you're picturing it in your head right now, aren't you? Because I remember watching it that night. Oh, yeah. Like, I can go back 18 years and remember when it was like watching this. This neon yellow pee. Drake Maverick peeing on Bobby Roode's robes. Got nothing on this no. classic moment. No, no, no. And Jerry Lawler, this is the greatest moment of his life, this segment. <laughs> he is cracking up laughing. He even actually has like a telestrator where he shows the replay and he's drawing on it and analyzing the flow <laughs> like he's of John the pee. Madden. Yes. <laughs> It's just uh, what he's lived for to return to come back for oh, moments yeah. like this. It's and, probably in his contract. He had to have this. That's <laughs> what he pitched to come back. To come back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, after getting peed on by William Regal, uh, Big Show's going to face William Regal. But this man actually gives Regal a present to help out during the, in this match. And that present ends up being the brass knuckles that William Dude, Regal would I become forgot. famous for using. The power of the punch right there. I yeah. forgot he got him from Vince. I had no idea. Yeah. So Regal uses those, and Big Show gets peed on and then pinned by William Regal. And Dang. All I have to say is hashtag poor Big Show. Absolutely. He and peed on and punched with some knucks. That's, that's a bad... Bad night at work, man. I mean, this guy has been through so much crap in his career, so <sighs> I feel terrible for him. After poor Big Show gets peed on and pinned, The Undertaker, we're going to get another great Taker and Vince segment here as he barges into Vince's office, and Undertaker's upset that Vince ordered him to be there tonight, and Vince is like, come on, man, come on. Yeah, seriously, first Maybe of all. Maybe come to work tonight. Yeah, it's your job. How dare you? You've been there for 11 years. Um, you should know so. what the schedule is by that point. Uh, but Vince is like... You've been on Monday since 93. <laughs> <laughs> Vince asks him how his Thanksgiving was. And Taker's like, like, you give a damn? And Vince says... They were on SmackDown together. 
You're right. How does he not know? Mm-hmm. Vince is like, oh, you know, I'm surprised to hear you talking about getting a lack of respect. You know, I, I know you've been here for 11 years, and maybe I've taken you for granted a little bit. And then Vince says, well, that's actually the most respect I could possibly show you by taking you for granted, because I just assume you're going to be there through thick and thin and not have to worry about it, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> How can you say yeah. you're showing respect to someone by taking them for granted? I don't get the logic there. That's, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Don't don't use that on your spouse. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, honey, I just took you for granted. <laughs> That's one of those Vince Jedi mind tricks, I guess. But Exactly. Uh, Vince actually tries to turn it around here and says, you know, Undertaker, you should be thanking me because, you know, you're a true BA, and if you tried to do the things you do in the WWF out on the streets, well, you'd be arrested. But I allow mm. you to do those things that you love to do within the confines of the World Wrestling Federation. And it's just a, it's not as funny as the other segments. It's actually kind of weird, but, you know, their chemistry is just so great together that I don't even mind just seeing Taker and Vince on screen together. I enjoy it. So it's yeah. really all setting the seeds for what we're going to see later in the night. I'd like to see an actual scene of them backstage talking. Is this how they really get along like in real life? I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> that's the podcast I want. It's just Vince and Taker shooting the breeze. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, well, they could have all the Steve Weisers that Stone Cold drank tonight because we see him uh, backstage. Or we just see his locker room, and there is an entire case of beer scattered across the floor that he's been <laughs> chugging all night long. 36-pack of Steve Weisers oh, out there. Oh, alcohol poisoning. Well, that was probably a shoot, though. He pulled Andre the Giant Marvel and was. drank all those. Uh, and Vince McMahon is going to come out, and uh, he's going to call out Steve Austin to join the Kiss My Butt Club tonight. And Stone Cold just what's Vince all throughout his promo. The what chants are just peaking right about now. So good. Stone Cold says, you know, I don't really want to fight you, Vince. I want to bury the hatchet. And Vince tells him, oh, great. Well, I need you to pucker up. And um, he pulls his pants down. Stone Cold gets down on his knees. And I'm just thinking, like, imagine 2001. You're just flipping channels right now. And you see the visual of Vince McMahon with his pants all the way down on his knees and Stone Cold with his face all the way up in Mr. McMahon's butt. <laughs> like, yep. What would you be thinking in that moment? Like your dad flipping channels and he sees that. Yeah, anybody. It'd yeah. be ridiculous. So they tease it for so long. It goes on and on yeah. and on. And eventually, finally, Stone Cold gives Vince the Death Valley blow uh, and then takes his belt off, whips him with his belt, and the Dudley Boys, Test, Christian, William Regal, Kurt Angle, all come out to make the save. They've kind of been Vince's lackeys for the past couple weeks. Right. And they end up beating up Austin, taking him out through the crowd. And at this point, you might think, oh, this is probably going to be the end of the show here. But we pan over, and JR is sitting at the announce table, and he is just giggling. Uh, uh, even more than King was at William Regal earlier. <laughs> JR thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever seen. They show a replay of it. And Vince McMahon notices JR over there. Kurt Angle helps him up. And Angle and Vince go over and storm the announce table and drag JR up over it, drag him into the ring. Kurt Angle puts JR in a chicken wing. Vince McMahon starts yelling at him, berating him for laughing at him, and says, Now Jim Ross is going to join the Kiss My Butt Club tonight. Ooh, JR's turn. It's JR's As turn. As if he hadn't done that enough. <laughs> Did he put? Did Angle put Jr. in a barbecue chicken wing? Of course. 
Lemon pepper. I had to get, had to get my dad joke in there. <laughs> Ooh, lemon pepper chicken wing. That's mm-hmm. my great. favorite. Or lemon, lemon pepper hot. Whew, lemon mm. pepper wet, hot. Mm, that's what's that's where it's at. American summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lemon pepper wet, hot American summer. It's like one of those before and afters on Wheel of Fortune. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cut this part out. Oh no. It's staying in there, brother. I've been up for a long time. Yeah, you're right. I can tell. Anyway, thank God Undertaker is going to save the day here from this segment yeah. and from Ooh. our segment here. Roland comes blasting over the speakers, and Undertaker is just shaking his head at these proceedings. He takes his jacket off as he gets in the ring, and JR crawls to him looking for protection. Undertaker staring down Kurt Angle. He grabs a mic. He grabs JR's cowboy hat and dusts it off and hands it back to him. And Undertaker says, You know, I've been here a long time, and just when I think I've seen everything, this really takes the cake. So let me see if I've got this right. You want this man to kiss your butt, and you're going to force this man to do it? You know, in 11 years, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Then Undertaker starts naming off some big names here. Hogan. Warrior, Savage, Piper, Brett, Shawn Michaels. He lifts off like all the big no-nos guys yeah, not no. supposed to talk about back then. Mm. Uh, he says, you know, I've seen the games they played, and I've seen the games you played, Vince. But you know what? When all was said and done, some way or another, they all kissed your behind. And then Undertaker turns on a dime here. He says, you know what the saddest thing about it is? The one that kissed your butt the most was me. And the crowd is just like shocked at this. Just like a right. had a big oh. Like a big oh. <laughs> Tim Allen. Talking Tim style here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> nice throwback. Taker says, 11 years I've been here. 11 years I've stayed. 11 years I've kissed your butt. And I'm still putting up with your crap. So, JR, before I take care of this situation, I want to know. Were you going to kiss his ass? Hell no, I'm gonna kiss his ass. <laughs> Hell no. Here we go. Do you wanna kiss his ass? Hell no. <laughs> the man said no. So JR, tell me this. Is that because you're better than me? What? Taker delivers him a soup bone instead of a chicken wing this time to JR mm. and tells him right here whether you like it or not in front of your family and these oaky podunks you're going to kiss his butt and then the Undertaker literally utters the words I never thought I would hear him say as he turns to Vince McMahon and says <laughs> Vince drop your pants <laughs> famous words if you'd have told me on day one of this podcast, I'd ever have to hear the Undertaker say, Vince, drop your pants. I don't know if I ever would have started this. I agree. I don't know that we would have done this. I would not have. Oh, I forgot he said, to, he literally told him to drop his pants. This is the era where Taker's just mouthing off and he talks so much and says things. He's just flying off the handle. Well, if, you thought, if you thought that was bad, the Undertaker then tells JR to pucker up. 
<laughs> yeah. This, now, okay, again, imagine flipping channels and you stop, or like your dad comes in, your mom comes in to watch this, and there's like, they're throwing these words um, Like, it's, this is, this should be like Saturday night language, like on television. It's like 9.30 on a Monday night. Is I mean, in 2001. Well, it's not just the language. It's you've got a guy, you got a 60-year-old man with his pants down around his ankles, too, and people shoving their <laughs> faces in his rear end. Not to mention the visuals. Oh, the visuals. Yeah, even, even if you mute it, it's still bad to watch. And they continue because... Uh, Undertaker stops Jr. and says, "You can't kiss Vince's butt until you're wearing, uh, until he's wearing this man's hat." And then Vince puts on the cowboy hat. Undertaker shoves Jr. into McMahon's butt, and Vince does a cowboy dance with his pants down all around the ring as the Undertaker's music plays as the show goes off the air. I mean, just <clears throat> absolutely bizarre. Yeah, and now I remember the scene of him, you know, being a cowboy and spending. Uh, around like hopping around the ring, I forgot it was the Undertaker heel turn. Though I mean, I knew it was Jr. segment where he tried to kiss his butt. I forgot to take turn heel in that segment until we went back and did this. You know? Oh yeah, like just scratching my mind and, and looking back, I was like, well, I, "That's iconic." Like him, Vince going around the ring like that. Well, I don't know why it's iconic. He has no pants on, <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, it just is. So, but uh, infamous. Yeah, I was like, Let's I, say that yeah, in infamous. Yeah. Make me infamous. Well, it was also incredibly long. This segment yeah. took forever from the, all of the Stone Cold stuff to <clears> all of this <throat> stuff. I mean, the crowd was just more in shock than anything. Cause right. It was, they were just pretty quiet throughout all this. I mean, it was it, it accomplished a lot. I mean, and everybody's playing their roles really well. Um, and it was, you know, quite the payoff for what they've been doing with Undertaker lately. But it, oh, man, it took forever to get there yeah and that's they're guilty of that in a lot of these scenes back then they're just you think nowadays they have long promos oh Dude, they had some was... tremendous ones back then too uh, yeah but... you're right <clears throat> this was interminable though oh I mean it took yeah. forever yeah crazy stuff well that's gonna lead us to Smackdown 119 on November 29th 2001 so um <clears throat> RVD comes in Vince's office he's like hey dude and Vince is like, you know, call me dude. My name is Mr. McMahon. He's like, cool. <laughs> it's just great. RVD's just so laid back. And uh, Vince is like, well, you know, it's nice of you to come when I when I invited you to my meetings. You know, you haven't shown up. And RVD's like, yeah, sorry about that. Like, he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and blows him off. You know, being Mr. Joe Cool there. And uh, uh, Vince is like, you know, well, I just wanted to wish you good luck on your match on Sunday. And RVD's like, oh, what, you have vengeance? He's like, yeah, yeah, you got a match Sunday with the Nice continuity Ooh. that we pointed to last week. Yeah, he beat Taker and Kane and The Rock in like the same two weeks. So, um, and then at that point, Vince just gets lazy. Like, Get out of my office! I don't want to see your face around here. He just, you know, how Vince does. He just 
turns immediately. Dude, so. he amps it up so much over the, these next few weeks, and he is over the top ridiculous. Oh yeah, Vince is. You know what? As I was watching this stuff, he reminds me. He's like Michael Scott. He's like the character from The Office. Because Michael How Scott, so? you could because you Steve Carell had the ability to make you hate him. And like be just cringeworthy, like at how despicable he was. But then, like two minutes later, you could feel sorry for him and be entertained and laugh at him. That's a good I feel point. like Vince is like that in this particular era yeah. right here. Interesting. So, well, just he's been flip flopping and flying back and forth between face and heel these last few months. So that's just kind of why I feel it. He can turn on a dime though. So, but anyway, RVD defends the hardcore title against Bubba Ray Dudley this night. I guess he did it against Steve on on Monday. So on SmackDown, he gets the, the other Dudley. So he wins after a Van Daminator. Pretty good, pretty fun match. Mm-hmm. Um, but afterward, Taker rolls down to the ring, and he's got his all black <clears throat> pleather get up. But now he's got a big old black hoodie on under his top vest. So keeps his head covered most of the time, and just a little nuance showing his change in attitude. I I, I just kind of picked up on that. So yeah. and um, <clears throat> he beats up RVD and winds up giving him a humongous last ride onto a trash can. That Ooh. just crumbles, and it looks like it cuts RVD's arm because his arm's got some messed up spots underneath it where it hits the edge of it. So, um, and then he grabs a mic and he actually like lays down next to RVD like he's posing for Playgirl, uh, <laughs> like he saw Michaels. Does he put the he hardcore down, title like, like in between his legs? <laughs> he does not. Oh. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> so he did mention Sean on Monday, so that would have been that been awesome. But he's like, <clears throat> you see. You got a lot to learn here if you want to survive in the WWF. You got to learn how to respect authority. We're going to consider this your first lesson. And at Vengeance, you'll graduate with honors. And everybody else, any kind of motions to the crowd, will respect me. So <clears throat> that's his little gimmick for this point. Professor Deadman. Absolutely. Professor Big Daddy Deadman right there. So Dr. Deadman, <clears throat> I guess we could say. And, Dean um, Douglas gets, dead, man. Just keep it going. <laughs> so it gets pretty good heel heat. Well, at least with overdubs, like maybe they sweetened it. But like, just because RVD was so over as a face. Um, so I just wrote my notes. Like, if you're going to turn take her heel, it's a pretty good opponent to do it against. Um, I just I, mean, I, could, I, don't, I don't know anybody that they could have chosen better to kind of establish this heel turn on Definitely. than RVD yeah. at this point, honestly. So, um Later on, Flair is interviewed by Coach about, you know, what just happened with Taker. And Flair's like, you know, I'm huge on the word respect. And tonight, you know, I want one of these young bucks to volunteer to wrestle The Undertaker tonight. Well, one of the young bucks? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. That's Before it. Foreshadowing some AEW. Taker's <laughs> going to AEW, confirmed. There it is. You guys, there it is. Conf- we have confirmation right here from 2001. The seeds are planted. So, it was kind of funny, though. He's like, I want one of these young bucks to volunteer to wrestle Taker. So, um... <laughs> <clears throat> we see a, a replay from the, the kiss my butt part from raw with all this goings on. And the main focus of the whole, whole entire commentary though, is not about any of it except for what taker did. It's kind of, that's the main focus here. And so after this video plays, Taz waddles up to Ric Flair and he's like, you know, anybody volunteer yet? And Flair's like, Nope. And he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'm your man. I'm your man. And wait, wait, like, wait. You got, you got to do that in Taz voice. <clears throat> Let me try. I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> how does Taz talk? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm your man. I don't know how he talks. <laughs> Anybody volunteer yet? Yeah, I'm your man. 
And then uh, Flair said, I just that sound like terrible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you fully. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Flair's like, you know, that's awesome. I'd love to have you do that. And he's like, woo. And then Taz is like, woo. And then Flair goes, woo. And they have a little woo off. And wow. finally Taz goes, Taz is like, all right, you win. And he just walks <laughs> away. So <clears throat> just a funny quick segment. And I thought it showed some personality from Taz. So pretty neat. So. Get a little recap of that destruction earlier on, and uh, commentary again really focused on that heel turn that that we've had. So Taz comes out for his match with Taker, and Taker comes out with no bike. And there's a fan who has an Undertaker American Jackass sign. So nice. That was pretty clever. Pretty good. So yeah, <clears throat> they um bow up face to face, which is hilarious because Taz is like a foot and a half shorter than Taker. <laughs> but that's kind of Taz's thing at this point is he's facing Big Show and. Taker and all these bigger guys. He's kind of doing those. I don't know. He's like a thick Spike Dudley at this point. <laughs> but I mean, think like two years ago, this would have been a dream match right oh, here. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. now has this like nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's everything uh, Paul Hammond said about him last week. So, um, so they um, <clears throat> Taker eventually just shoves him down, which is hilarious. And it's pretty fast paced match here. And at one point, Taker goes for old school, and then the crowd's kind of popping for it. He's like, nah, kind of shrugs it off and doesn't give it to him. So that's just, that's heel 101 right there. You that's know? good. Good stuff. A little nice nuance. And um, he, uh, which is funny because he, he, he really makes sense because he feels like he's not getting respect. So he's not going to get the fans what they want to see either. So later on, he tries it and does the old school and the fans yell old school. And he's like, shut your mouth. So it's just nice. kind of funny. Uh, so interactive with the crowd at this point in his yeah, career. Yeah, so. he really was. But as he goes for it that second time, Taz throws him off the top. And, of course, Michael Cole's like, I've never seen anyone do that before to The Undertaker ever in history. I'm like, golly, man, you suck. <laughs> like, your brain is awful. It's not like anyone who's been watching for more than three years has seen someone do that. Of so. course. But he locks in Taz's mission and uh, has it locked on for quite a while. They kind of spill to the outside. They go through the ropes, but he still has the hold locked on to him. Which is kind of neat, kind of putting Taz over too, and but eventually Taker gets him. He's you know he's on his back in the Taz mission, and he kind of just rams him into the barricade, and Taz falls off. He rolls him back in the ring, choke slams him, and that's it. One, two, three. It's kind of pins in there. So, but then to add insult to injury, he goes out and grabs the uh, diamond plate steel stairs there, and just slams him on Taz's left shoulder, just mm. just because. Yes, he's a bad guy. <laughs> exactly. He's a bad, bad man. It was kind of cool to see Taker against some different guys here. Exactly. And, uh, need to see him against another ECW original guy before he takes on RVD, too. Yeah, and, and I remember mentioning last week that I, I was kind of sad we might not see that kind of stuff, but it's still going. We're still yeah. seeing these different opponents, so it's pretty neat. Cause it's because they had such a diverse roster at this point, you know? So. Well, talking about some different guys, I wanted to bring up something real quick. I found digging through the house show stuff here as actually the same night this SmackDown was airing, um, I was trying to see like who Undertaker... Wait. How can you be in two places at once? Uh, SmackDown happened to be taped back then. It's like they filmed on Tuesday yeah, or something. so weird. <laughs> well, there's actually, apparently, I never heard of this, there was a Yokozuna tribute show in Allentown, Pennsylvania on November 29th, 2001. Oh. So about a year actually after he passed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> But no, seriously, and also, yeah, I guess it was about a year after he mm-hmm. passed away, wasn't yeah, it? it was around November of the year before. 
but just a few interesting things to note on this card. Uh, I, I wanted to mention it because The Undertaker and Kane actually teamed up here uh, as a tag team and defeated the Acolytes with Undertaker pinning Farouk with the choke slam. There you go. Um, and it's kind of interesting since this was actually, Undertaker had already turned heel on TV, right. but I guess he's playing a babyface here on this tribute show still. Uh, so that was just a little fun little footnote here in this run. But uh, some of the other weird things on this card, uh, you got matches with Billy Kidman pinning low key with the Kid Crusher here. Wow, yeah. low key. 2001. Um, That's a very green low key. Yes. Shannon Moore defeating Jamie Noble. Ooh, uh, Battle of Three Count. That's right. Homicide. <laughs> Civil, Civil War, if you will. Ooh, that's callback to last week's episode. Exactly. Homicide defeating the legendary skinhead Ivan. Oh, man, I can't believe he uh, defeated Skinhead. Who the heck is Skinhead Ivan? <laughs> and who came up with that name? What well, a great gimmick. fake ones that, like, you get, like, when they first, from Greatest Services, they give you the list of the names. Skinhead, skinhead Ivan. Ivan. Was there uh, another Skinhead that he was yeah, related to? Yeah, distinguish himself from. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's crazy. That's homicides on this show, though. Yeah. That I, dude's still going. Yeah. Same with Loki, man. Yeah. Um. You got Reno uh, leading a uh, eight-man tag team of Shade Black, Inferno, and Nardo against oh. the team of Protege, Billy Dream, Bad, and Doink. Mother goose. <laughs> I don't know who Doink was. <laughs> the Allentown Doink, not the Alabama Doink. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Yokozuna's family, Rikishi and Samu, the original head shrinkers, <clears throat> reuniting in the main event, defeating the Hit Squad. I'm not sure who they were, but apparently they defeated them in under a minute to uh, close out the Undertaker or the uh, Yokozuna tribute show. But kind of cool that Undertaker uh, made it to that show. He was obviously very close with Yokozuna, so I'm sure he made it a priority to yeah. go to that show. Uh, and so that was. Just a fun little footnote I wanted to throw in there before we get to the final episode of Raw before cool. Vengeance. Yeah, yeah, I never heard did, of that. Wait, did Rikishi wrestle twice? Because I see that the Island Boys are on there. Was that him and Haku? It might have been. I don't no, know. No, it's I, I, I looked it up. It's actually um, it's um, uh, what's their names? It's um, Rosie and Jamal. Rosie and Jamal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So. Eki. Uncle Eki. Yeah, and man, too many of those guys have passed away. Dug it's it. that family, that gummit, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty cool little little um, side trail there for yeah. Undertaker's career. Kind of neat. Who knows? He and Kane could have been playing the heels against the acolytes in that show because acolytes were faces. So that's true. Who knows? Uh, Kane was a face. You got some stuff to talk about them on SmackDown here in just a I minute. I do. So yeah, that'll take us to Raw episode four forty five, December second, two thousand one, and this is actually the last Raw before the pay per view. We're actually gonna only get a three week build here, which is great because we've already seen so much stuff. We've got a ton to talk about here. Yeah. And Undertaker skipping out on this episode of Raw, too. So he's only on one episode of Raw before the pay-per-view, actually. Wow. Um, he's taking the night off. You know, he hadn't been respected very much, so he's yeah, going to have right. the night off. RVD, though, he's going to get a tune-up here uh, up against Christian, of all people. And the uh, our investigative journalist, Michael Cole, is 
Yeah, he's like going undercover here with RVD. He's going to start talking like him. He's like, ah, so hardcore champion RVD, man. That's pretty cool, dude. So, like, dude, what's going on with The Undertaker here? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Maybe he was getting a contact high off RVD or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Rob Van Dam says, Undertaker's all worked up, dude. Uh, But before he can finish talking, Christian interrupts him. And Christian, you know, he's just fantastic in his role here. He explains that oh, yeah. Undertaker showed Vincent Man the respect he deserves, and that's something that Rob Van Dam never does. And Christian speculates that RVD thinks he's better than The Undertaker, and RVD says, well, you know, we'll find out at Vengeance. And since Taker isn't here tonight, RVD suggests, well, why don't I find out if I'm better than you, Christian? And Christian says, well, if we put the hardcore title on the line, then it's on. And RVD says, hardcore is the way I like it. But it'd be really cool if Christian put the Euro Trash title on the line as well. <laughs> Christian is, of course, aghast at this and says, You know nothing of Europe, all right? You know nothing. What's the capital of Belgium? Huh? What is it? Waffle. You serious? See what I'm talking about? I don't know. What's the capital? I'm not telling you. You know the capital of Brussels? I know the capital. It's none of your business. Look. Which, of course, is the capital of right. Belgium. Yes. Yeah. Good joke there. Uh, Good writing. Absolutely. That's uh, some Brian Gerwitz right there. <laughs> Christian says, well, dude, I'm cool with any match where it's legal for me to use the concerto. And RVD says, everything's cool when you're Rob Van Dam. You can't say that without pointing at yourself. And you just no, did. I did. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Man, talk about... I don't know if we did more crotch shopping or more RVD pointing to ourselves mm, back when we were at this that's age. True. We did a ton of both of those. Yeah. Not at the same like time. Like I was talking about that. It's hard to do that at the same time. Because <laughs> about last week, you know, you got you, you got some poses and you got moves that people can copy and you know who you're going to be. You know who that person is acting and mimicking. You know, if you're backyard wrestling or playing around with your friend, like – if you were pretending to be RVD, you knew you were pretending to be RVD. Absolutely. So many signature spots and the poses and taunts and stuff. So, anyway, I digress. Well, I mean, there's not much to talk about with this match. RVD uh, gets a pretty convincing win over Christian. Hits the five-star frog splash to retain his title. And he starts celebrating. But, as JR notes, with all due respect, Christian ain't the Undertaker. So, it's going to take a lot more than that to put... Big Evil down at Vengeance on Sunday. That's funny that JR is giving him respect with all due respect. Yeah. And he <laughs> Taker over because Taker's the one that shoved his head up Vince's butt. So. I would respect somebody if they shoved my head in someone's butt, too. I mean, I that's wouldn't want him to do true. it again. <laughs> yeah, that's, I wouldn't disrespect him because I'd be afraid that, yeah, we'd get the second round. So, well, it is the SmackDown 120 uh, on December 6, 01. This is the go-home show for the first ever Vengeance pay-per-view if you guys recall, the last two December pay-per-views have been called Armageddon, but um, according to, you know, the, you know, in the years come since then, they've said, you know, that they just felt like changing it because of the 9-11 attacks and everything. Armageddon just seemed to, you know, iffy, decided yeah. to drop the name Raw is War out of their title like Makes you mentioned like, the other week. So, anyway, we got Vengeance, which would remain a December pay-per-view for a while, but then it changes. Well, they just I hate when they just change the pay-per-views in the random months, so... We'll get there eventually. But 
Anyway, um, RVD defends the hardcore title against Matt Hardy in a random match, but pretty good stuff here, as you might imagine, because uh, and Matt's kind of playing the subtle heel, because if you guys are listening along, if you remember, this is the era where he and Jeff were going to feud and have a match at Vengeance, which I know was... I remember being excited about that. It's like, yeah, well, it was They could put on a 16-star classic. Not so much. A but disappointing. Yeah, a little disappointing, but it didn't last very long. Thank God they were back together by January, I think. So, um, but anyway, it works out. Um, but they fight at the entrance way, and they get a ladder into play, and RVD winds up hitting a bulldog onto the ladder, which is pretty mm. cool. Yeah, Matt hits a leg drop off of like one of those production boxes, like they're, you know, like you roll around and has all the equipment in it, and uh, he hits it on RVD, who's like sandwiched between the ladder. He has him in between, like like he opened it and closed it on him, and. Matt hits like a leg drop on that, which is looks like it hurts him more than it hurts RVD. And then uh, eventually Matt, Matt comes off the ladder, and he's got a chair in his hand, but you never jump at Rob Van Dam with a chair in your hand because he's going to Van Daminate <laughs> your head off. So, it's like you don't headbutt a Simone. Exactly. You can't powerbomb Kidman. You don't jump at RVD with a chair in your face because he's going to kick it into your own face. So he gets a Van Daminator, gets a pinfall, and as he's posing – Taker comes out, and what I can only describe is Mick Foley's favorite flannel. He just got this sweet flannel vest on, mm. comes out. Well, Mick Foley's um, gone. He, he might have left in the locker room the or something. Yeah, it's true. He could have. We'll have to back there. He took his ball and went home. So, yeah, um, it probably would have fit him, too. They're both the same size, even though he's a foot and a half taller than, than Mick Foley. Yep. He's a little rotund at this point. But, um,. <laughs> He's throwing RVD in the set and hitting him with a ladder, and then and at this point, I got to say something. He makes he debuts something else. We talked about him being a Madonna of the WWF, changing his look up, changing little things up, adding teardrop tattoos and uh, you know pleather pirate gear and stuff like that. When he comes from the ceiling and all kind of little things. Well, at this point, apparently between Monday night when they had Raw and Tuesday night when they filmed SmackDown, he went by the barber on the old. Uh, 81. What is it called? It was like 80, <laughs> local 81. Went by local 81, I guess, and got himself uh, his ears lowered. Somebody got a haircut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he's got short hair here, and I just thought, like, what a missed opportunity to debut that at the pay-per-view. Right. Why did, he, why did he rush that on the SmackDown? You know, like, I don't know, man. I just thought it was weird. Um, it had been a good thing for the pay-per-view to debut it is that. I don't know if they were in Bruce Beefcake's hometown or they just they may passed by the barbershop that he wanted to go to, but yeah, it's an odd time to do it. But yeah. And it was definitely jarring and shocking yeah. to see this guy that we've seen for 11 years with that long dark hair all of a sudden going back to looking like he's Mean Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those it's years crazy. later. But like you mentioned, it's such an important thing that we just don't see as much anymore. He made a change in his character, so he's going to change the way that he looks as well to yeah. signify that, to signify this new direction, this new journey for his character. And uh, Jericho is another guy that does it so very well, but yeah. I think he learned it from The Undertaker here because it's just an oh, important step, and it really just cements that change in the audience's yes mind yeah it goes you don't just have to look at him he's not the same guy doing different things he looks different so yeah he's got that short hair now and he, he comes out and he actually mocks RVD's little thumb pose which is kind of funny mm. 
So um, later on, Taker's walking by the APA. They're playing poker backstage and drinking and smoking. And he walks by and he's like, hey, is there a reason you're eyeballing me? <laughs> and uh, Bradshaw is on like, I don't know what he's – I don't know if his, <laughs> these things were written for him or not, but he's getting all heated. And he's like, you know, I need an explanation, you know. And Taker said, like, I don't owe you one. And Bradshaw goes, Oh, wrong answer. He yells at him, and he's like, you know, we're the two people in this company that you do owe an explanation to. Let me give you a little history lesson. You obviously forgotten when you were fighting for the WWF title. We were the ones when you stepped in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin that were watching your back. When you're riding on the dark side. We were the ones that rode with you and watched your back. Now you're walking around here like the whole damn universe revolves around your ass. And no matter what, who's always there for you, man? It was us. Now everyone that was loyal to you, you slapped in the face. And who was more loyal to you than us? And that biker boy work begins to take just a little bit personal. Whoa, 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 whoa. You guys just need to calm down just a little bit. Now I ain't slapped anybody in the face. Because if I'd have slapped anybody in the face, you two'd be sitting here crying like a couple little babies. <laughs> yeah, tough talking, man. And um, Undertaker says he demands respect, and he's like, you know, you guys are taking this all a little too personal. But if you want to make it personal, why don't you meet me in the ring? Let's dance. He walks off. <laughs> Big David Bowie fan. Exactly. Huge David Bowie fan. Hello, Cool J, David Bowie. He's got style, man. He's got musical style all over the place. Man. He's like a human jukebox. He really is. But, man, great Acolytes callback. Ministry of Darkness. Yeah. I did not expect that. Very Me cool. Me neither, man. Me neither. It was really cool to see. So Bradshaw comes out looking like he just did. Like he just got done with a, like a swigging some beer and playing poker. I mean, he's just covered like sweat and he's <laughs> dirty and I don't know. It's just... Wait. Do you get real dirty playing poker? I don't know. I think you're Bradshaw playing wrong. If you did I don't that. play poker. <laughs> Are you playing the gravy bowl? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> gravy bowl poker. <laughs> Whoops. That sounds. Let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to say those three words again in that, in that order. Well, you don't want to play poker wanna... first either. <laughs> poker <right>. gravy bowl. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> Bradshaw comes out. Taker rides out on his bike for the match. And um, it's only been two weeks of this heel turn. And I've heard the word respect like 700 times. Oh, it's not subtle at all. Oh, not at all, man. They're just constantly throwing it down your throat on commentary. But anyway, these big Texans collide. And Bradshaw gets a lot of offense here. You know, these guys are boys. So, you know, these Taker's going to give them a lot. And, um, it's man, it's just... It's surreal to see Taker here again with short hair and it's dyed black and it's just ugh, it's so crazy. We've just been, you know, like I said, we put his career under a microscope and it just really pops and stands out when we've been following only him for the last, you know, 81 episodes. So anyway, um, well, as this match is going on, Farouk comes down and steals a motorcycle, rides to the top of the ramp. So <laughs> definitely a heel move, but, you know. But Taker still wins anyway, of course, in big boot and a choke slam. And then he takes up up the ramp. He's he's ticked off and he checks on the bike and uh, it's fine. And he turns he turns around and kind of poses to the crowd and RVD nails him from behind with a chair and then hits him in the head and does his little thumb pose and Taker kind of rolls around really selling that chair shot to the head and um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And 
um, that's kind of the way we're going to end everything and uh, go ahead and on into vengeance. And just one little sidebar I want to mention is that Stone Cold has his music back now. Thank the good Lord above. Exactly. So again, if you rip Van Winkle through the last six months, you woke back up. <laughs> hey, Austin, you would never know that Austin scraped the bottom of the barrel for his last two theme songs. Oof. So. Yep. It was more than two, like because they, they did a few different weird heel versions before they landed on one. There's like a few yeah. weeks where he's got I don't know. It it's it sucks. They all suck. But yeah, yeah. Vengeance, 2001, December 9th, 2001, from the San Diego Sports Arena. And uh-huh. <laughs> what does that mean? That's <laughs> the San Diegans there. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's the title of an old wooden ship used during the Civil War era. I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Man, I was uh, I know we were both excited for this show back in the day. Golly, I yeah. For sure had this DVD. I remember purchasing yep. it immediately because you and I were both huge, huge Chris Jericho marks and yes. so this was a must own, must see show for us, considering he's gonna go on to become the first undisputed champion of the world tonight and uh man that was just a historic moment considering all that he had come from so yeah this was a show we were hyped for oh yeah i mean you and i both money on austin right to win or rock definitely not jericho i don't i don't i don't know who i remember actually thinking was gonna win but it definitely wasn't jericho he didn't i think my money would have yeah, I mean, the mark in me wanted it to be him, but and of course he tells that story on his podcast and in his book about how Vince has told him like that day, <laughs> like you're gonna be the champ, and he's like, okay, yeah. like he just kind of casually tells him. I think um, I probably thought it was gonna be Angle, honestly. Like, yeah, I would have having that. Vince kind of screw everybody because Angle was yeah. his boy. boy. <laughs> That's your boy, exactly. But man, yeah, and then finally, again, the anticipation of seeing Matt versus Jeff was really cool. Uh, again, it didn't really pan out like we wanted it to, but right. you know, it is what it is. But yeah, really cool stuff. And man, this opening video was neat, and they got a lot of WCW footage spliced in there, which um, I just wrote, which you mentioned during Invasion and yeah. the Survivor Series. They didn't use a lick of it, so nope. I don't know why they didn't. They decided to use it a month <laughs> later here. It's a really cool video, though, with Freddie Blassie again. He's the MVP of the summer, man. Freddie Blassie. You're right. In 2001. (laughs) How crazy is that? Yeah. (sighs) But, uh, man, this show must have been running short because we get a pointless Vincent Mann promo to open the show where he just recaps what happened on SmackDown where he joined the Stink Face Club, getting his butt, his face shoved into Rikichi's butt. Why is this on pay-per-view? I had no idea because, yeah, they didn't have enough matches. Or something. Um, they have like there's like ten or eleven matches on the show. Yeah, I don't know why it, a, they could have given in the main event that Jericho and Austin's only like eleven minutes long. Yeah, could have used so, a little more time. Yeah, instead of this. But uh, yeah. do you remember when Vista Man's butt had its own show on WWE.com? Good lord, no! <laughs> what? It, was a, it was a cartoon. <laughs> oh my word! I did not remember that. Mr. McMahon's anus or something like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Holland's anus. <laughs> Mr. McMahon. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, Mr. Bear's opus. Yeah, it was a, uh, that was a real thing. Uh, wow. Look it up, man. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, you man. You know, it, it can do tricks. It can. Yeah. 
moving on, uh, let's talk about Goodness this match, gracious. dude. Undertaker and Rob Van Dam for the hardcore championship on pay-per-view, dude. Crazy, crazy match. I remember not actually being super hyped for it back in the day because I thought yeah. it was weird. Like, yeah. I thought it was just a weird role for Undertaker yeah. kind of being shunted down to the mid-card for the freaking hardcore title was not anything to be respected at that time. So it was right. just weird seeing Undertaker. I didn't think these guys would have good chemistry with each other. So I remember not being super hyped for it, but man, do they over-deliver here. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Talk about being shoved on the mid-card. This match is literally on the middle of the card. It's like yeah. the fifth match out of ten or something. So, yeah, going right down there in the middle of it. But um, we got Jaron King back on commentary for the first time since February. So, like we said, we'll miss Heyman, but this is it's good to – this is like putting on a comfortable pair of jeans, you know, that you've been you've had on and you've broken in. So, um, and it's funny. We get this video recap before the – before the um, the match and literally everything is from SmackDown, which again, except for the actual heel turn, but yeah. everything else is all happening on SmackDown. And there's not much to it, honestly. Yeah, he, yeah it's just so strange. But anyway, Undertaker coming out first, and he gets a still getting a sizable pop from the crowd. Yeah. you know, I guess it's just a little recognition for his music and for the bike and everything. People kind of forget we're supposed to be booing him because they, they definitely cheer him when he comes out. Yeah. I mean, if you're on a bike, you're over, dude, as exactly. we've said many times. <laughs> Going back to 97, man, the DOA. Come out on a bike, you're over. <laughs> RVD is over too, though. He is gets a huge oh, pop. Golly. There are a million Rob Van Dam signs in the crowd. And the people are people are in love with Rob Van Dam during this time too. Yeah, well, he's so different, you know. He's just so I don't know. He just has that it factor like Jeff Hardy does, you know, or like uh, I don't even see him Punk does, you know. I just he's one of those guys who just has that connection with the crowd. You don't have to. They don't have to do anything. They just they just have it, you know. So I don't know. He just reminds me of those guys sometimes. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you said, and it was just as fans, you and I, it was good, cool to see him in this spot. I mean. Match against Taker, that's pretty cool. There was it's a cool. feather in your cap. So, and uh, everything's cool when you're RVD. Exactly. <laughs> you're welcome. There was uh, a uh, there was a cool Extreme T sign in the crowd as well. The uh, XT Undertaker symbol. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, uh, those guys are fans of my homemade wrestling guys on No Mercy. I so. know it. <laughs> Apparently, so well when RVD comes out, he gets a really good pop, man. You know, he's definitely. The face, both of them, but you know, our, like I said, Taker's still kind of fresh in this heel turn, so he's not really uh, getting copious amounts of booze yet. But um, I, I do like that um, when he comes, when RVD comes out, JR's like, you know, I just wonder if, if he's ready for Taker's physical style. You know, mm. this match, this is a Undertaker style match. You know, they can brawl and there's no count outs and no DQ, and this is up Undertaker's alley. I don't wonder if RVD is ready for this. So I, I really like that. You know, again, Shower makes it feel like a real legitimate fight sometimes. Oh, he absolutely does. And it's great to have him uh, call on this match. And it's surprising that it's a hardcore match. And one of Undertaker's signatures is, as we mentioned many times, taking the fight to somebody during this time. But oddly enough, he waits to make contact until after the bell rings for this hardcore (laughs) title match. And they uh, kind of lock up with each other. Yeah, they do a Cognitive tie-up for like three seconds before yeah. he shoves him in the corner. But yeah, it's like, I thought if all the of all the times we should have seen him go ahead before the bell rings, this was it. But whatever, it's fine. The rest of the match over-delivers for sure. So 
Well, we see another Undertaker signature that we haven't talked about a lot, but we see it all the time as they tread off in the corner for a little bit. RVD Black flips out, but Taker big boots him down and goes for a two count immediately. And that is just something that we've seen for years with Undertaker is going for quick covers here at the beginning of the match, which is logical, dude. If this were a real sport and a real wrestling match, you would try to win as soon as you could. And Undertaker does that all the time. You don't see that sort of stuff anymore, but it's one of his signatures and it's one of the things that makes him the legend that he is. Yep. Absolutely. The attention to details, those little things, you know, making it seem legit. So you're right, man. That's something I feel like we pointed out maybe like 55 episodes ago or something, but we haven't really said anything about it since. But yeah, it's really good. He always good does comment it. there. He always does. You're right. So good stuff. Well, this match, like I said, they're kind of going at each other in the in the corner, and then he tries that pinfall, and then RVD gets on the top rope and just flips straight on Undertaker. Yes. Just, just somersaults right onto him. He gets a two count, and uh, then he hits a spinning heel kick, and then. Uh, He's about to come off the top rope and Taker crotches him on top rope and then he just boots him in the face and knocks mm. RVD straight to the outside. <laughs> so they go over and fight by the bike and I'm sitting here thinking it's a hardcore match, dude. Why didn't Taker just hop on the bike and run R- RVD over? Just kill him. <laughs> just in <Yeah>. there. Right <laughs> there. <laughs> just go for it. So, man, that would have been hilarious. We got a lot of RVD chance right here, but again, unfortunately, JR is still calling Taker Booger Red. So he is. Sucks. And uh, King is on commentary with him. He he notes that, you know, if, if Taker had made JR kiss McMahon's butt one more time, he would have gotten in the ring and helped. But he just... <laughs> I love that, yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to come help you if he did it one more time. <laughs> JR, JR says, well, it's, yeah, it's too bad you had that anchor tied around your butt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, at this point, RVD runs Taker into the post and starts lighting him up with these kicks, man. Mm. Just, just again, a very different style to see Taker against. And then he clotheslines him over the barricade. Um, into the crowd, actually, yeah. Yeah, into the crowd, which, again, go ahead and take a swig for your Taker mm-hmm. bingo there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he springboards off the barricade to jump at Taker, but Taker just punches him right in the gut on his way down, which is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, this whole match just feels loose and fun, and uh, they're just, I don't know, uh, calling it out there. It just it flows really well uh, all together yeah. here as they do fight in the crowd. And um, a very ECW-style moment, it felt like to me. Taker just grabs a fan's Mexican flag that he's yeah. holding and starts choking out RVD with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any way that was planned. You, know, like you just grabbed it, oh, saw no. it, and grabbed it, and started using it in the hardcore match. It was, it was hilarious. Awesome. You, can you imagine if he did that today? How much oh, yeah, he'd be yeah. sued, man. Probably be offensive. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, a, Jericho got uh, fine when he did that in Brazil like mm-hmm. a decade ago. Remember that? It's crazy. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was great. He just grabbed that dude's flag. The dude loves it, though. Like, Taker grabbed his flag and choked him with it. It's awesome. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. But um, after that, RVD hits a moonsault, like, off the stairs. Um, like, the, well, like, the stair area where the, um, I guess, the um, audience goes up. The bleachers go up. And then Taker slams him into, the like, those bike racks, those old-school mm-hmm. bike rack guardrails. And then he puts it on RVD's face and just stands on it. That's great. <laughs> Brutal, but such a heel move. <laughs> yeah. It was great. 
I was uh, like, he's standing on his head. <laughs> yeah, that did not feel good. Uh, no. Taker slams RVD into some of those equipment boxes they've got over there. He's just jaw-jacking with the crowd. Um, yep. He nearly attacks a stagehand with a chair. He's just letting loose, being evil. Yeah, uh, he's like, he's getting his butt kicked now. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I love it, dude. But he's distracted, and that allows RVD to get a fire extinguisher and, and unload that on Undertaker and then hit him with it. And then uh, hits our hits Taker with a trash can as Undertaker's eyes roll back in his head. Ah, uh, yes, nice little throwback. We hadn't seen that in quite a while, so. And uh, was, it, it, yeah, it was funny. Oh yeah, it was. And then then RVD climbs up on the area above one of those exits and jumps off with a huge crossbody onto Undertaker. And if you you haven't ever seen this match or you can't really picture it just picture like what Seth Rollins did to Evolution back in 2014 like or uh, Jeff Hardy um, at Madison Square Garden you know just like that area like where the uh, what's the thing the concourse is he jumps off of that all the way down to take her but I guess they jump into like a pile of um, dirt I don't know all this dust comes up yeah I'm pretty sure there was a crash pad underneath there okay. uh, something cause yeah there's a bunch of dust that blows up on uh from the padding on the ground and actually covers Undertaker in it that he's kind of covered <laughs> in dust for the rest of the match. Could be seven dust. Ooh, it could be. <laughs> Another great uh, wrestling band right there. Exactly. Um, Terrible band, great wrestling band. But, dude, that was a great spot is what that it was. was. Awesome. It was incredible. It gets a nice holy bleep chant from the yeah. crowd. But surprisingly, it only gets a two count uh, yeah. on the dead man here from that awesome spot. Uh, and just let's just recap all the stuff we've done. There's going to be some more, but like, look at the stuff Taker's allowing to be done to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he has he's a locker room leader. He's a ring general. He's he is the top of the of the totem pole, and he is allowing RVD to hit all this stuff on him. You know, like that just says a lot about the actual respect he has for RVD. I yes. guess, or he's or he's allowing him to earn at this point. So, pretty cool. They start fighting up. Like up the stairs, uh, behind the entrance, sort of through gorilla-ish area, yeah. and they actually crash through some of the curtains around there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure that it was actually supposed to happen. It's part of the yeah, set; it falls so. down. Yeah. It looks really awkward. Yeah. RVD kind of goes for awkward pinfall. At least they didn't mean Gene it. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, <laughs> F it. <laughs> it's kind of cool to see them going in different areas. Kind of, kind of. Maybe sucks for the live crowd because they can't follow it, really. But um, this kind of neat for us at home to watch it and see them kind of spilling out in different. That's what sets the hardcore championship differently than anybody else. You know, all the other titles makes the matches different. It's kind of like the hardcore match you used to play on the video game where you had like Irish yep. whip people into a different area to get yeah. into the next <laughs> yeah. place in the arena. So yeah. that's what they were doing, going through each little entrance there in go. there. Um. RVD gets a trash can lid shot and a spinning leg drop. Always love that move. Um, mm. But Taker rakes the eyes and is able to take over again. Yeah, he then hits a headbutt and then picks RVD up on his shoulder and rams him into the steel set mm. there. So um, I guess that's going to lead us into our next part where I think – is this part where Taker throws up his fist with his old Black Panther style? Yeah, the white savior <laughs> fist raise from uh, the dead man. <laughs> Oh, 
he's gonna set up RVD for the last ride here up on the stage. But RVD, this man, this match is awesome, dude. He yeah counters by climbing up on the stage, up out of the last ride, yeah. and then jumps down on Taker again. Uh, yeah. Delivers a knockout punch on him, uh, and it was just man, I'm loving this match as it continues on. Yeah, it's fun, man. And then to top that off, he hits a rolling thunder, man, which. Oh, one of my favorite things ever. Love it. Yep. Love Rolling Thunder. You love doing I love it? When he would, I love to do it. I love when he would do it. I love when he would change it up. Sometimes he'd do that roll, then a front flip. Sometimes he'd do a roll, then like a frog splash, too. Like, I love the way he would change it up. But he only gets a two count, man. He's hitting Taker with all this big stuff, only getting two counts. He then gets the chair that Undertaker has grabbed out. RVD gets it, and then... <laughs> He runs around, does a circle around the stage, building up momentum, and delivers that running drop kick with yes. the chair to Undertaker, who's seated there up against the stage and just sandwiches yeah. him into the stage for another two count. He's just delivering all his best shots here, but Undertaker will not stay down. And that's the spot I just really noted. Like, I can't believe he was allowed to do that to him. Yeah. Like, kick this into his face. <laughs> like, you know, it's just it's crazy, but. Anyway, you know, RVD misses another kick and then Taker nails him with some chair shots, which actually he nails him because that chair oh, yeah. is bent, bent over in half. Crumbles like, it. It's awful. Then he kind of picks him up for either like a, I don't know if it's a power slam or a tombstone or something like that. But anyway, RVD kind of reverses out of it, kicks Taker. Uh, RVD tries to hit the Van Daminator, but he misses. And then here comes the big spot everyone remembers. He hits the, it goes for the Van Daminator. Undertaker ducks, wraps the goozle on Rob Van Dam, and choke slams him off the stage through a pair of tables sitting there at the bottom. A huge spot. The crowd is yeah. loving every minute of this. They're popping huge for all of this. And Undertaker is he's selling big time throughout all yeah. of it. He's taking all of RVD's best stuff. He keeps getting up, but it's it's totally wearing him down. He's like he stumbled into the stage at one point, like yeah. comedy spot style. He's just bug eyed here. He stumbles off the stage here, quickly covers Rob Van Dam to win the hardcore championship. Man, unbelievable! Unbelievable, man. Eleven minutes, four seconds. That's all it took. But yeah, he adds another championship to his resume. We've got a tag team specialist, and Isaac's going to become a hardcore specialist for a cup of coffee here. Yeah, <laughs> so, put another championship yeah. up on the mantle. And the Undertaker has done it! The Undertaker wins the hardcore title this time! And the World Wrestling Federation Hardcore Champion, the Undertaker! Let me tell you, this is scary as they are! The Undertaker, the hardcore champion here in the World Wrestling Federation, that's scary! He crawls away from Rob Van Dam. He's just got this shocked, bug-eyed look on his yeah. face, and it's uh, the the selling is incredible because he's he's showing with his actions. He just could not believe how tough RVD was. Right. He he did not expect right. that. He's he's putting him over in defeat with the way that he sells it, and RVD looks great throughout it. Uh, the announcers are putting RVD over, saying yep. you know, Undertaker won, but he's worse off because of that because. Exactly. How hard RVD took it to him. RVD was valiant in defeat. He gave it all he could, but he just couldn't quite do it. It's just, I mean, perfect storytelling that makes both guys look stronger by the end of it. 
Yeah, this I mean, this is one of those matches where you can lose and still be more over yeah, in your loss. RVD is more RVD. over. He's more over after this than he was before this match. So uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, just really well paced. I thought just kind of it wasn't like a breakneck speed like a cruiserweight match, but it was definitely a lot of stuff going on, a lot of motion, you know, to keep you invested in and not really long and drawn out like some of these matches can tend to be would take her these main event style matches but this one's middle of the card dude just we're not in main event we're just freaking having fun so i think he appreciated it looked like it you know i'm just speculating but like he appreciated the ability to have fun just yeah. do what he wanted to so something totally um, different dude, yeah it, it felt like an old school ecw match to me it, did. it really, really would have fit in on a Classic ECW pay per view. Yeah. I don't know if Paul Heyman did anything with it, booked it, had anything to do with it, but it, it felt classic to me. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, he used to manage both these guys. Well, kind of. I mean, he's not managed RVD, but, you know, he was over him in ECW. So, yeah, we used to manage old Taker as a mean mark. So, yeah, we kind of, you know, I'm sure he had his ear and or his his mouth in their ear at some point about what some things they should do. So, but. Good stuff, man. We both do thumbs up from both of us. Absolutely. We recommend it for sure. If you've never seen this, go out of your way to watch this one. It, it's so much fun. Uh, Booger Red's going to just wrap the hardcore belt around his neck and wear it <laughs> yeah. sort of as a necklace as he rides out of the arena with his new trophy here. And uh, yeah, man. That's a bling. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The, hard, the bling with duct tape on it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely. Go out of your way to watch this one. For show. And that is going to do it for us this week, and it's going to do it for us for the year 2001. What a wild ride 2001 has been, my friend. But if you thought that was crazy, if you thought that was strange, just you wait for 2002 here on the podcast (laughs) as we keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. Because in 2002, what's up, Tiger? My dog just walked into the room. Uh, 2002 he, he walks what do dogs do <laughs> you're right <laughs> he didn't crawl <laughs> I couldn't see him when he walked out okay. maybe he crawled <laughs> anyway. um, he didn't ride in on the bike <laughs> oh, I thought that's what he did <laughs> anyway 2002 we've got the insanity of course of the first ever brand split and it is it is wild. Uh, those first few months of the brand split, they go off the rails. Yeah. We got more title-changing chaos, including another heavyweight championship run for The Undertaker. And, you know, we've also got the end of the World Wrestling Federation and the birth of the WWE instead in 2002. We're going to cover Undertaker going for 10-0 and at WrestleMania up against the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. In an all-time classic matchup. We've got the debut of a hot young upstart. And one of Undertaker's greatest rivals by the name of Brock Lesnar. That you might be familiar with. And a few classic matches up against him. Uh, Not to mention also the debuts in 2002 of a few guys you might have heard of. John Cena, Randy Orton, and Dave Bautista as well. Every one of those guys still wrestles. Yeah. How about that for a rookie class in 2002, <laughs> How about man? It? That's yeah. pretty crazy. Pretty hard to beat that. But uh, coming up first, next week on the show. The blue chipper. We've got the Tough Enough champion, Maven, 
As we talk about Royal Rumble 2002, perhaps the most memorable Royal Rumble elimination of all time, as we do another fun little watch along for the Royal Rumble 2002 matchup. We're going to cover The Undertaker in his really, really fun hardcore title run, and then do a watch along for this crazy Royal Rumble spot and Maven's big moment in the WWF. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, like I said, 2001, we started this year with three wrestling companies. We end it with one. We're going to go with lots of changes next year. Again, this is 2000, 2001, 02. These are some of my favorite years of being a fan, man. I just love this stuff. Love going back and revisiting here. So memorable. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have a little fun. Uh, we're gonna finish up o uh, one and kind of let you guys in on what happened at, throughout December. And he has some just random, ridiculous matches against ridiculous opponents. So it's gonna be fun to cover that. Really, real quick. really and fun. We won't go too in depth into those because we really want to get to the meat and potatoes, which is the actual Royal Rumble. And like you said, one of the most memorable uh, eliminations of all time. So yeah, can't wait to get to that. It'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, Taker doesn't win, but uh, it's going to be fun for us to cover anyway. That's a great Royal Rumble with some surprises. Um, I haven't seen it in, phew, I probably haven't watched that Royal Rumble since like 04 or 05. Mm, so mm, I'm excited to go back and watch that. Oh, yeah. It's I gonna can't wait. We're going to have a good time doing it, recording it. We think you'll have a good time listening to it as we watch along and provide the commentary for you. But before we get there, we want to hear what you thought about this week. So hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TalkingTaker on all those fine services. And go ahead and throw a subscribe down on your favorite podcast service, a rating, a comment over there. And, you know, the absolute best thing you can do is to share the show with your fellow wrestling fans. Let them know you enjoy it. And try to recommend it to them. Try to grow our audience of Creatures of the Night. And you can spread the word with a Talking Taker t-shirt, a sticker, a coffee mug, all that good stuff over at tpublic.com if you want to help support the show monetarily. Uh, a few shout-outs, of course, number one, always to the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast, Mike and JV, always uh Always are so nice to shout us out on their show, and we want to return the favor over here. Go check them out as they go uh, month by month through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin over there. What? I said Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? <laughs> shout outs as well to some people on Twitter at Outlaw Historian. We're talking about the Vengeance match. Said he loved Taker using the hardcore title as a hood ornament during this time. Uh, mm, yes, oh. <laughs> we'll see more of that next week. Yeah, that was always fun to see. Uh, the Twisted Turnbuckle at WWE Nostalgic 22 Ooh. said they loved that finish, man. The choke slam off the stage onto the floor and Taker's expression yeah. afterwards. Have to agree with you there. Yeah, man. And then real quick, I want to uh, mention the Then Now Whatever podcast at TNW Podcast. Brought up a great point here. Uh, as they said, despite Austin's claims of his heel turn not working because people didn't want to boo me during this time, this right here, he's referring to Undertaker's heel turn, is the first instance I remember of someone turning heel, but still having a lot of the fans cheer him out of sheer respect. 
Yeah. And uh, in essence, some of the crowd would always respond to the goodwill Taker's legacy had brought him instead of the character he was actually portraying. And it, he says it annoyed me as a kid because I bought into the turn fully and would be like, how can people cheer him after what he did to JR? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess it shows the uh, the differences between those two heel turns. We talk about what a disaster Stone Cold's heel turn was. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, pointing out the differences between what he did and what Undertaker did here uh, this time. Yeah, it's cool. And like we mentioned that you know, a little earlier, like it is weird. Like he's still getting face pops at this point, but it's funny how people like for a shoot respect him. <laughs> but the storyline as a work, as po- he's, he's saying people don't respect me and that's why he's po- trying to get booed now. But it's just funny how it kind of is the opposite. <laughs> they actually do respect the heck out of him. So they don't want to boo him yet. But, you know, let's give it some time. He'll get there. But um, he'll get there. Yeah, oh, yeah. really neat. Really neat. You see that nowadays with some of these guys when they come back, it's hard for them to be a heel, but, right. um, or if they are, they become a cool heel because the fans just love them so much. So, whatever is what it is. One last shout out I got to give to the major wrestling figure podcast to the my boys Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, my mailing buddies Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder. Actually, uh, you can hear them shout me out on the last week's episode and hear Zach Ryder butcher my name on there oh yes <laughs> alex doriot as he called me but mm. uh <laughs> one one of their giveaways and uh got a package in the mail with a elite ted dibiase million dollar man action figure so thank you guys for sending me that it is added to my collection of uh, i'm trying to grow my collection of the opponents of the undertaker that we're covering in this podcast maybe one day i will collect all figures for all of those guys that but uh, this goes perfectly with the elite irs figure that you got me for my birthday last year yes. Travis, that uh, my dog tried to eat when you gave it to me and, he did uh, i wish he would have but whatever uh, finally took him out of the package let him breathe and uh, he's sitting right here on the desk next to million dollar man now that his partners arrived so thanks to those guys and thanks to you travis for that gift all those years ago great figure Absolutely, yeah. Thank you to uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Uh, well, Zach can't even spell his own name on TV, but it's awesome. We do love him. And their podcast is fun. I give it a listen when I can, especially to the, the guests they have on. It's hilarious. Yeah, so yeah. it's good stuff. I, but, I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you were there at the San Diego Sports Arena in San Diego, California, on December 9, 2001, let us know, please. Shout us out. Uh, the first ever Vengeance pay-per-view. What did you think? What are your memories of this match? Uh, your memories of Y2J being the first ever Undisputed Champ? You know, kind of a shocker to everyone. You know, I think he was even surprised himself to find out that he was winning. Uh, let us know. And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we got two words for you. Take a easy. Madagascar, oh. and the best of his estance, et voila, et tout
turkey stuffed with organic yeast flakes. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot the soy getty and meatless balls. Hey, Veghead, Thanksgiving's about real turkey drippings in real butter stuffed with real stuffing and real cranberry sauce. None of this vegetarian crap. Why don't you come over here and kiss my Thanksgiving casserole? Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, meat's never crossed my lips. <laughs> you almost ruined our Thanksgiving. But luckily, I came prepared. Now that's what I call Thanksgiving.